Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. You know what I like to do in my spare time? I like to go to state parks and historic sites. And this weekend, we went to one of those. We went to the Etowah Indian Mounds. Now, that's not the Etowah Indians. That's the Indian Mounds that are on the Etowah River. And this is not state parks with Aaron. This is one-man-one one workout. And I just randomly started on a topic without introducing myself. But since Mark already introduced myself, 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 us, in the intro, we're in. So it's okay. So as I always have, whenever we can be together, we have Mark Cockrell and Don Sullivan, and of course, I'm Aaron Butler, and we are now going to do our last podcast of the year 2012. That's 2012. And maybe the last podcast of all time, according to the Ever. Minds, but, Ever. But, uh, at least for this year, it's going to be our last podcast. So Mark, Don, how are you guys doing? You know, it's, uh, I'm parting it like, parting like it's 1999. That's, uh, I'm ready to go. Wow. You're and I'm thoroughly confused at that lack of uh, preamble for the show. The... <laughs> What'd you say, Don? And I said, and I'm thoroughly confused at that lack of preamble to begin the show. So I know, I, I, I just that's where I was. So that's yeah, a... back back to what I was talking about. I really, really did go to the Etowah Indian Mounds this weekend. It's pretty interesting. Uh, around a thousand AD, these Indians had this basically a a fort palisade built around this area of the river, and had these giant like thirty foot tall mounds that they put the chiefs. Uh, uh, domicile on top of and their temples on top of it. It's pretty neat. Um, it's over northwest here from Atlanta. So. And when you can consider the, consider the fact that consider the fact that they did that with like hand shovels. Yeah, they it was basically a piece of rock tied to a stick. Yeah, and they carted it in in wicker baskets. There was no they didn't, there was no evidence that they even used wheels. Uh, what they did to, to protect their their city was they dug basically a, a twenty foot deep ditch not 20 foot, 10 foot deep ditch all the way around it with about a 15 degree grade sides on both sides. And then it had like a 10 foot tall wall on the interior side. There's a moat. So, yeah. Well, there's no water in it. It was a ditch. Know, but, Depends on how much rain they got. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was right next to the river. So when the river flooded, it probably was. But the, uh, so you had to, to charge into their city and attack them. You had to run down this 15 degree slope, get across the ditch, which is about 20 foot wide, and then run up the other 15 degree slope and then climb a 10 foot tall wall. Uh, while they were throwing rocks at you or shooting arrows at you or whatever. Because apparently back then, the thing was is the women raised the animals and the crops, and the men went and stole the animals and their crops from other villages. <laughs> that, was kind of, that was kind of the the, the uh, distribution of labor there. So anyway, um, it was neat. And I only mention that because there's all kinds of things you can do to get out and be active and learn and move around. This is 133 steps up the side of this mountain thing to get to the top of it. Mountain thing. This this uh, this uh, mound. Uh, so it was a little bit of exercise to get up to the top. It was a beautiful view from up there. So Edoway Indian Mounds. I'm sure there's stuff like that near wherever you are. Mound. That's kind of a small mountain. We'll it is. that. It's more than a molehill. I just say yes. Did so, I tell you my story about going to the mountains and the fact that my middle daughter refused to believe it was the mountains? No. Tell us that story, Mark. It was uh, a few weeks ago. We went up into uh, the uh, the what is it? The Blue Ridge Mountains that start here in the yeah, Appalachians. The, the north, north, the North Georgia Mountains is what most yeah. people call them. The Appalachians okay. start up in the northeast corner. Yes, they're correct. So anyway, we went up to uh, the city of Ellijay and Blue Ridge, where they have like an apple orchard every ten feet. Um, 
And apparently that's the thing to do. You go out to the apple orchards and there's this big festival atmosphere and they have like apple cannons and, and petting zoos. And that's awesome stuff that all goes down like in September and we went in November. Um, right. So there was none of that. Uh, but it was still a nice drive up into the mountains. And so we kept talking about the mountains. And my middle daughter kept saying, we're not, where are the mountains? I haven't seen any mountains. And I would say, look over there. Do you see that giant <laughs> valley? That's only because we're on a mountain. No, we're not on a mountain. That's not a mountain. Honey, this, this is a mountain. It's technically a foothill of a mountain. But yeah, we're, we're on a mountain. She had it. It's like, if it's not the, you know, Pike's Peak, and if you're not going vertical, it's not a mountain. If you, don't, right. if you can get up it without a, 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 a pickaxe, it's not a mountain. She, the she doesn't understand between you. a mountain and a cliff. Yes. Right. If the, if the clouds aren't below you and it's not snow-capped. Right. She could not accept that we were on a mountain. And just, I mean, the whole trip went all the way up there and back. And still today, she says, I, I've, I'm still waiting to see a mountain. That's funny. So, Don, we're going into a holiday season here. Um, and, and Mark thought we should have a talk uh, about yes. the holiday yes. season. This, this was mentioned momentarily. Merry Festivus, my friend. A few minutes ago, and now Mark has decided it needs to be a show topic. Have you yes. begun the feats of strength or the airing of grievances yet? Right, no. No. Um, I appreciate no things to do with the the massive, massive the Christmas, the thing. There, is I said it, it. Is it? Now, I have said before that I love Christmas too much to like Christmas. Is that is that kind of your standpoint that you no. know the, the 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 birth of Jesus and the celebration of 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 that holiday has been so polluted that your love of Christmas gets in the way of your love of Christmas things? Or am um, I giving you too much credit there? Um yeah, you're giving me too much credit. I'm there with the pollution part. I celebrate the birth of Christ during the Feast of Tabernacles, which is in October. Um yeah, I mentioned the the part uh, just a few minutes ago where I do not like to discuss this in front of certain people, one of those being Aaron, because I understand that I have friends that have such a love for Christmas and that it's such a pure and dear time of the year for them that it hurt. Uh, I don't want to hurt their feelings and say that my like feelings this at thing all. that they have so much love for. So are you raising your child in this Grinch-like fashion as well? No, no I'm not allowed to. My wife is a big Christmas person, so it's... <laughs> So you suffer in silence. Considerable source of angst in our, and for me in particular, but uh, for our family in general. Yes. Well, yeah. no, no worries on my end at all, Don. I, I, uh, I like Mark and you. You know, the only reason, not say the only reason, I have some some fond memories of Christmas, but mostly it's because it was always an opportunity to go be with my family after I'd moved out. You know, if we would have said, you know what, we're going to get together in August every year. And have a family reunion, which we kind of do. That would have fond memories for that too. Now, my dad, you know, played Santa for years, and that that was cool and it was fun. My dad, um, you know, had some positive impact on people actually while I did it. But for me, if somebody says, you know, I really don't care for the commercialization of Jesus' birthday and the whole Christmas thing, I don't have a problem with that at all. It doesn't. You're not. You're not. You're not raining on my parade. I don't feel bad, and and uh, I'm not going to put my nutcrackers up before you come over. Uh, <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went through a thing for a little while um, that I just didn't like the commercialization or whatever. And I was like, Christmas is blah, And I just got an attitude about it. And I was like, you know what? It's the birth of Jesus. And I need to get with the program. We we're about to have a baby. And I said, you know what? I need to, I need to do my homework. I need to educate myself on what Christmas is really all about. And, Go look up the reason for the season. And that know, made it way worse, to, right? Oh, man. I looked up all the traditions and all the 
the oh god, I just completely turned myself off to Christmas. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you, it's, you can really do that with any any holiday. I mean, yeah, you kind of can. That, uh, lots of people I'll, that way with Hall- I mean, Easter. Yeah, um, Halloween. A lot of the American holidays are are like that. So, so here's the thing about that. Tabernacles. Tabernacles is one of the few days in the Bible that God's like, I'm taking the day off. So I'm just with Him on on it, and um, it's a lot easier because nobody else even knows what Tabernacles is, and I don't have to worry about sharing it with somebody. Well, the, the Jews, them, they're they're pretty well stuff. up with that one. They've, they've yeah, they've there's no Jews around here. here that I am familiar with. We yeah. actually have a a synagogue here in town. I think it's like a ten by five facility i'm not sure open your front door and just holler lachaim and see if anybody responds L'chaim. you know it's a uh, the way i look at it is uh, historical context is important knowing where the traditions came from but modern context is more important because there there are things that that it used to mean x but it no longer means that you know it's the same as true in language the word cool no longer means what it used to mean you know now it does not necessarily mean uh, low on the fahrenheit scale um, and so modern context is just as important as traditional context. And so in, in that respect, I'm totally okay with the fact that I have now have four plastic trees inside my house. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. It doesn't bother me. That's funny. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've been involved in churches that didn't, didn't do Christmas trees, churches that did do Christmas trees, churches that didn't use the word Christmas, churches, churches that don't use the word Easter. You know, they'll say resurrection Sunday cause they don't want to say Easter because it's from the from the the god a star you know a goddess of fertility right. etc so forth but again uh, i've acquired that for my own positivity now so um i've decided that i'm going to meld them all together and we dress up in costumes and hunt easter eggs under the christmas tree every year um not really all right so enough of that <laughs> so don no worries on my end i'm not offended or upset in the least moving on discussion point number one actually Discussion point number zero. So tonight's topic is uh, was going to be very cleverly named, and now it's not. It was. It's now. It was going to be called the Night of the Round Table N I G H T, and I was going to have all of these awesome people on the show with me, and we were going to talk about stuff. And I could only get two awesome people to be on the show with me, and they're the same awesome people I normally have. So I don't want to run. I don't want to use that title up. I want to save it, and we can get more awesome people all together. So t- instead, this is the last podcast of this year. Um, and just FYI, when we come back in 2013, we will, we will be recording on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. If you want to watch it live and talk to us live and jump in the chat room and give us some feedback. Um, but uh, this is the last podcast of the year 2013, 2012, before 2013. So we are going to call this show the year-end recap. And it's really not even what it is. Don't know why I call it that either. We're just going to talk about some topics. It's kind of a grab bag. We used that title before as well. So moving right ahead. A point of glory, if you will. A potpourri, yes. He went potpourri in a moment. Uh, as you know, I am in the midst of training for a marathon, if you've been listening to this podcast. And I just want to kind of jump in there and tell you what, it is, what that's like. If, you, if you've never trained for a marathon, I'm using uh, a pretty standard method. I think I might have mentioned it before. And it's like four days a week. That's what I'm doing, guys. Four days a week. Uh, I run Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and that's why we moved the show to Tuesday. These guys were nice enough to do that so that I could use that training schedule. And so I do three short runs. I'm doing air quotes for those of you that aren't watching the live stream. Short runs on the, during the week and then a long run on Sunday, Saturday. So this week, for example, I'll do three miles yesterday, four miles tomorrow, three miles Thursday, and then I will do eight miles 
excuse me, on Saturday morning um, for my long run. And every week it adds a mile on or so on the weekend. And then after you do a certain number, like four weeks of three, four, three, then you go up to four, five, four, et cetera, so forth. And so that's what you do. <clears throat> and I just wanted to let you guys know if you're, if you're kind of following this, if you've been listening and wondering how it's going. I did my seven-mile run Saturday morning, and I actually had my fastest pace. Um, no, that's not true. I had a fast enough pace on that seven-mile run to make the cutover because I found something scary out. If you are not up to the minimum pace at mile seven, they turn you and go, pew, pew, and they hand you, send you down the half marathon route. So if you're not, uh, if you're, if you're slower than a 15 mile, 15 minute mile pace at mile seven, they will not let you run the marathon. They make you take Ooh. the half marathon route. Now, I've only been training three weeks and I ran a 14, 15 mile pace on seven miles on Saturday. So I'm, I'm not too worried about that now. But that was kind of intimidating to think about. Uh, and then there's a couple of spots like mile 12 and mile 18, I think it is, or maybe it's mile 14 and mile 21. Maybe that's what it is. That the sag wagon will pick you up and take you to the next checkpoint if, you, if they catch you at the 15-mile pace, 15-minute mile pace. So if you're going slow enough that they can catch you, you have to get in? Yeah, they have a pace. They have, they have pacers that will stay at a 15-minute mile pace, and they have shirts on that say, you know, into the pack type thing. They wear special shirts that have that on them. And you can, and you're you're encouraged if you're gonna shoot for that 15 minute pace. To, you can actually run with that pack if you want to walk with that pack. Some people can walk a 15 minute mile if they got long legs and they walk fast. I can't. I have shorter legs and and I can't do that. Cheryl can just about, but I can't. Um, but yeah, if you can't keep up with the 15 minute pace group at mile seven, you get turned down the uh, half marathon route. Mile 14, you get picked up and taken to some point in the future so is it not a staggered start or, or no. everybody starting at once everybody starts at once okay all the half marathon and the marathon will start one big mass. that's going to be brutal yeah it, it is it, it basically what you do is your time doesn't really start until you cross the uh you know the time ticker they have they use radio chips so your time doesn't really start till you cross the starting line and so you can get in the back and just let the people kind of fan out in front of you. And the people who are doing the back of the pack will be at the very back of that pack too. So they won't, you'll be, still be ahead of them. So I'll probably put myself, position myself two-thirds to three-quarters of the way to the back of the pack and just slowly walk until I get up to the starting line, and then I'll take off from there. So but, you got uh, yeah, so an ARFID or something? Say that again? You got a little ARFID, you got a little ARFID chip? Yes. Yeah, you have either, um, those, are, those are easily hackable, just so you're aware. <laughs> Just throwing that out there, not saying anything right. about it in particular. Just wanted to make that point. Just there's throw a, your chip on a passing cyclist. Right. There's there's typically two ty two types, um, in case y'all are curious about this. Those of you may have never done an organized race, if it's timed, you either have a little plastic band that's got a metal, little tiny metal thin bendable circuit board in it, uh, and you put it through the laces of your shoe, and um, that's your timer device. Or some of them have a little plastic um little plastic about the size of, um, what's that called? A tongue depressor. About the size, not quite as long, but about as wide. And that, and the chip's in that, and that's stuck on the back of your bib number, your, you know, your race number. So Either like one, a piece they of work, stick of chewing gum type of size? A little, little bigger than that. Um, uh, you know, about, what is that, a quarter, a half, quarter of an inch thick, three-eighths of an inch thick, um, and about three inches long and about an inch wide. Um, and it, and that's stuck to the back of your uh, bib number, like I said. Both of them work the exact same way. When you cross the starting line, it, it 
dings and starts your time because you are linked to that number. When you cross the finish line, your time officially stops. So what you'll get is you'll get a clock time and a chip time. So your clock time could be 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes um, later than your chip time, but your chip time is actually your, your actual race time, your official elapsed time from start to finish. Is it totally sad that when you described that size and shape, I pictured the stick of candy that comes in fun dip? Yes. <laughs> I love fun dip. Just a random blast from my past. I swear I haven't had any fun dip recently, but uh, that was thinking that's about the right size and shape. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it's, to me, it's like a, it's it's about the size of a of a flattened kazoo. <laughs> if you can picture that. Oh, uh, that's, but anyway, uh, that's, yeah, that works out. Perfect. So, did you have like a bad uh, childhood experience with a kazoo at some point? Right. No. No, I didn't. But um, it's really what's really daunting is when I look at the map of the course, and I trace my finger from the start line, and it's like. You know, I go like this a little bit, you know, two inches you know, on the map. I go like two inches of a 10 inch circle and that's three miles. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. And now I'm at three miles. All right. Now I'm at a 10 K and I've got 20 miles to go. And, uh, it took me until halfway through week three of my training cycle to actually run a total distance longer than a marathon, you know? So normal run back in the day before I got hurt and, and then started training again, I would usually run three miles. Well, if you do the math, I've got to run that nine times to run a marathon. So uh, that's, a, it's, that's a little daunting. But I'm just approaching it like I have so many things, one meal, one workout, one workout at a time, one mile at a time. So I'm, I know I can do seven, and I felt like at the end of the seven, I could have run one more. And this Saturday, I'm going to run eight, and hopefully at the end of that eight, I'm going to feel like I could run, I could run one more. So um, that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. <clears throat> And I think that's the whole idea of the the way they do the the long run on the weekends. So yeah, I'm just over 39 total miles. I've got my. I'm actually, you know, I'm I'm a little bit of a um a little bit of a nerd, a little bit of a geek. So I've got a spreadsheet, of course, and I'm tracking. Listen to this. This is this is this is how geeky I am here. I'm tracking um my total time I've spent running right now I've spent a total of nine hours and 55 minutes I've run a total of 42.99 miles um, I'm tracking my total my time each time my pace each time and then if I were to run that pace for the entire race how long it would take me to run the marathon uh, I'm shooting for five and a half hours which is like a 12 and some change pace that's what I'm shooting for which is I think is doable so, you're going to run for five and a half solid hours. Yes. I'll That's walk the part that, that makes me not marathon. <laughs> My friend Kevin, who's run a, a few marathons, uh, tells a story about the uh, Oklahoma City Marathon he was running. And they have uh, different people in that uh, pace setting people, right? right? Uh -huh. Like you talked about the ones. But there's there's the guy who's going to run the 10-minute mile. And the right guy's going to run the 7-minute mile. And, and you just follow the guy with that jersey. And he was running with the pack. I, I'm going to say this, the seven minute. I don't remember what it was, but you know, middle of the range, not you know, not pro level for sure, uh, but not way back in the back because uh, this was his second or third marathon. He was running with them, and when they passed one of the medical stations that they have there, you know, where, where somebody's hurt, their pace guy pulls off and says, "You guys just keep running this pace. You're going to do fine." And then it goes and sits down. <laughs> so right. He, uh, you know, he'd probably run three marathons that week already, you know, but uh, something happened and he couldn't finish the marathon. He's like, that, that was the scariest thing of his life was when, well, not of his marathoning life, was right. when the pace setter came up lame. 
Yeah, they, and they'll have that in this race. They'll have a, a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15, I think, minute mile pacers. So I'm, I'm hoping to squeeze in underneath the 12-minute mile guy. And I was pretty excited. I didn't realize how motivated I was by time until I ran last night. Uh, I've been, you know, when I, I first kind of started back running a few weeks ago in earnest, my first couple runs were bad for me, you know, uh, slow even for myself, and I've never been fast. Uh, 15 minute, 40 second per, you know, minute miles on my first three miles I did. Um, and <laughs> so last night I went and I did my quote unquote hard three mile course. It goes into this neighborhood across the street and it's got some really big hills. And I got about halfway into the, a little bit into the, the second mile and runkeeper said, total time, 14 minutes, 57 seconds, average pace. 11 minutes, 53 seconds. And I went, oh, I'm running under a 12-minute mile right now. I, I think I can do that. I can keep this up for the rest of the, race, uh, rest of the run, you know, because I hadn't broken a 12-minute mile since I started running again. <clears throat> so I took off. And then, of course, that's the moment when I hit the big, long hill, the hill that's like a mile, three-quarters of a mile up this double-stack hill. So I'm just pounding up. I'm like, oh, I got to stop. got to stop. Okay, got to go. Got to go. Got to go. Got to make And it's like. Average pace, 12 minutes, 27 seconds. No, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. I'm fighting to the top of the hill. I crashed to the top of the hill. Okay, it's downhill a little ways now. I got about a half mile downhill. So I'm running. I got a little bit uphill. Okay. And then I got this long downhill around uh, the, the big circle drive before you come back to my, to my neck of the woods, as they say, uh, before I circle back to it. And uh, as I circle back around to that, and, Who's and I was just flying down the hill trying to make up some time, and it said, 11 minute, 57 seconds. Like, I can do it. I can do it. So anyway, I ended up doing 11 minute, 54 seconds. Um, but it's just so funny because that's, that's so arbitrary. Right. You know, 12 minute mile versus 11 minute, 54 second mile. What's the difference? Seven seconds a mile, you know, six seconds a mile. It's not, nothing. There's no real well, appreciation. When you difference. do 26 of those and it saves yeah. you half an hour more suffering, then it'll yes. make quite the difference. And that that is a that is a true point. You know, if you do a fifteen minute mile, which is the the slowest they'll let you do, that means that's four miles an hour. So that's six hours, and then you have two point two miles left to do, which ends up being another thirty five minutes. So that's six and a half hours if you do a fifteen minute mile. I don't want to be out there starting at seven in the morning and be finishing at like one forty five. Yeah. Um, my goal, like I said, is under five and a half. I'd really like to break five hours if I can do it. If I can keep I've, I've shed a few pounds over the last few weeks. I'm feeling stronger. I'm running faster. I'd love to get down my, my, my 5K pace to be like a 10-minute mile and then my longer pace to be able to just lock in at like an 11-minute mile and stay on that pace ad nauseum but without the nausea. I was watching an Olympic marathon uh, one time. I don't remember which Olympics or which it was, but uh, it was I, the Kenyans, right? They always win these things. Yes. And uh, at the, the start of the race, this guy jumps out, just leaves everybody else in the dust. And the com- commentators are like, you know, you know, uh, this is not really good strategy. He's not going to be able to keep that up. Uh, he'll pay for this in the end. And he keeps pulling away from people and keeps pulling away from people. And he gets to the 13-mile the mark, the half marathon. He's actually increased his pace from the beginning. And the, right. and the commentators are like, this is, this is unbelievable. I can't this believe is, he's doing this. This is race suicide. Right. And then he keeps up that pace. It was something like a six-minute mile. You know, he set the record that, that, uh, for yeah. that uh, uh, time, whenever it was. He was just blistering. He was like not sprinter speed, but definitely like 10k speed for the whole 26.2 miles. And he well, came in, and then the next uh, number two guy was like four minutes behind him. 
Well, the reality is, Mark, it was probably more like a four and a half minute mile. Yeah, whatever Seriously, it was. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that's how fast those guys, like you're talking about, run. Um, the guy who won the Ironman triathlon last year, uh, you know, so if you say if I run a um, a four minute mile, let's just say five minute mile, five minute mile is twelve miles an hour, so it takes you two hours, and you have like four miles left, right? So the guy who won the Ironman triathlon last year swam three miles or mile and a half, swam a mile and a half biked 118 miles and then ran a two hour and 28 minute marathon that's just freaking <laughs> crazy that's all i can say about that the so level of like endurance a, just like under a, a five minute mile right yeah and so uh which segues me directly into this news article i'd like to talk about there's been a study that came out that said that uh extreme endurance exercise could actually cause heart damage um there, uh, and I'll put this link in the show notes if I remember. If not, you can just Google extreme endurance exercise causes heart damage. Uh, there's all kinds of articles about it out there. <clears throat> and uh, it was done, you know, it was a big research study. And what they found was that uh, you actually, at the end of a marathon or something like a marathon, um, that the, the uh, which one was it? Let's see here. The right ventricle of the heart actually becomes less efficient. Um, and that it took about a week for the heart to recover after that. I, I don't know whether the heart just gets tired. I, I don't know. They don't go into that level of detail, but it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but it, it's really only for people who have been training on endurance things for years. So it's like these long-term endurance athletes, uh, that they actually kind of put their body to such level of stress that there's appreciable heart inefficiencies after they do this so i'm not too worried about it. I had a friend of mine actually mentioned aaron i read this article about endurance athletes having heart you know having heart issues are you sure you want to do this marathon thing i'm like i am not an endurance athlete <laughs> i'm a i'm a former fat guy that's just a, a fairly fat guy now i'm you're not, gonna pull a hammy long before you hurt your heart exactly exactly <clears throat> yeah so like uh, a co-worker today was saying do you use a heart rate monitor you know so you can make sure you get up in the right zone and i was like this is what i do I run as fast as I can until I hear my heart going boom, 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 boom in my ears, and then I slow down a little bit. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I, don't, I don't need a heart rate monitor to tell me when my heart's going crazy. I just slow down when I'm about to, my heart's about to explode out of my chest. That's what I do. That's my, that's my monitor. That's one of my favorite. We love, 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 love the Big Bang Theory around here, and that's one of my big, favorite okay. Big Bang quotes. Penny's, or Sheldon has decided that he needs to be fit so he can live longer and he wants to go running with Penny so they get ready and they're out in the stairwell and she's stretching out and you know jogging or whatever and he says do you have your heart monitor? No. Do you have a pedometer? No. Do you have GPS on your phone? No. Well then how can you tell when you're done running? I just run until I get hungry and I stop and get a bear claw. <laughs> That's awesome. Love it. All right. So since we're talking about news articles, I actually heard this article mentioned on the radio today, so I thought I'd throw it out there. But it's an uh, apparently an old article, or I can't find the new one. Um, but it's 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 about our old friend, the French fry, French fries, French toast, French dressing. Anybody know where that quote's from? Anybody? Uh, better off dead. That's correct. Um, and it's an article. About you shall not stump me on John Hughes movies, sir. <laughs> it's an article about they did a whole bunch of research on different french fries um and i just thought i'd share this for fun um 
the worst curly fries. Don't read the article, guys. Don't look. I know you're looking at the article. Don't look. Oh, dang. Who, who has the worst John curly Bears. fries? I think they're the only people that have curly fries anymore. Arby's. That would be Arby's. A large 640 calories. Um, the worst wedge fries, for what it's worth, is McDonald's, uh, Jack in the Box. 715 calories. Um, I'm amazed that that's not KFC, actually. Uh, worst fries for your blood pressure. Dairy Queen Chili Treat Cheese Fries, 1,200 calories, 71 grams of fat, and 2,500 plus milligrams of sodium. That's like a salt shaker. Yeah, I'm I'm calling this study bogus because you can put chili and cheese on a head of lettuce and it's going to be the worst (laughs) one out there for you. Right. Well, here's the one kind of really... I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but bogus, as they like to say on Car Talk. Yeah, well, here's the one that, that, that's really made me kind of jump up and, and take notice. A large order. Are you guys looking at the article still, even though I told you not to? I am now. Okay, bogus. Don't look. How, what, who, who would you guess? It's a, it's a popular burger franchise. Who has the worst order of just plain old fries? I you can't it's not McDonald's. McDonald's actually has one of the best as far as calories. What? You say? Um, and it's because. They give you a bucket load of them when you order a burger or order fries. Oh, did you see who it was, Mark? Hurry? Yes, I did. Because okay. I cheated. That's right. Don, do you know yeah, who it is? I, yes. I, I would have said, um, where is it? That we, oh, Texas Roadhouse. They have loaded. <laughs> this is a fast food. This fries. is a fast food fast food burger joint. Here's a hint. Let's think. Let's see how good your your recall is. This is the first place I ever bought you lunch. Probably the only place I ever bought you lunch. Uh. I, you know, I, I said I would have said because I already looked at it. Oh, but he knows too. Yeah, y- y'all just pretend that you don't know. Yeah, Five Guys. Five yeah, guys you, I was going to say I will give you credit because you introduced me to Five Guys, and you definitely, definitely, definitely deserve credit for that uh, or blame. So, a large yeah. order of Five Guys fries, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm, I'm not even going to go. Anymore. I'd never that's, been to a Five Guys before I came yeah. to Georgia. Must be a Georgia thing. Yeah, they're not in Texas. Fourteen hundred and sixty-four calories. That's almost an entire day's worth of calories in the large order of fries. And but they, a large you know, order of fries will feed six people. It I was going to say, if we get a large order of fries, it's because we're splitting them with another couple. But I will say this. That's the literal truth. Marks is I would not have done that. I would have gotten a large order of fries, and I would have eaten them all. I guarantee <laughs> you I would have. Uh, I mean, so, the three porkers here on this podcast would have trouble downing a large order of fries. I, I contend I can, that. So a small order of McDonald's fries, 230 calories. Um, a small order of Wendy's fries, I think it's about 300 calories. So you can eat fries. Just don't eat a bag of fries like you get from Five Guys, you know, is the basic rule of thumb here. You know what I learned so, about French fries? Can I, can I tell you what I learned about French fries? Sure, Mark. When I first started this whole trying to eat better thing, you know, I, we've talked about this before. My standard meal at uh, McDonald's was the supersize. They don't call it that anymore. But uh, back in the day, it was the double quarter pounder supersized uh, with a Dr. Pepper. Um, and then I learned that if I got a small order of fries, I was happy with that. Yeah. You know, if I got the larger fries, of course, I'm going to shove them down my gut. I never had fries left over no. if I got large. But when I got a small, I was happy with that. That's enough fries. It's plenty. Well, I had a, a a minor. I circled back around to have a victory last night, and uh, I just wanted to socialize it a little bit. Um, my son gets these coupons, and they have these spirit nights and things for school. 
So he got a free meal at Stevie B's Pizza, which is a local pizza buffet chain, similar to a CC's if you're not in, if you don't have Stevie B's where you're at. Uh, and I'll be honest, over the last six, nine months, we've gone there, I don't know how many times, because he gets these free coupons, or that's where he has his soccer end-of-year party or, or whatever. And I've always been of the mind that if I'm going to go to a buffet, I'm going to get my money's worth, by golly, you know, regardless, and I'll, I'll pay for it on the back end if I have to. But I've done that enough times, I just fall into a terrible rut. And uh, I finally, yesterday, before we went, I pulled up the Stevie B's Nutrition and just looked to see what I was doing. They're, they're small pieces of pizza, so it's easy for somebody like me or you, Don, or Mark, to eat 15 pieces in a blink of an eye. They're small. I mean, they're, they're small pieces. They're thin crust. I, I, I tried to be honest with myself. I would usually get like a, a loaded baked potato, which has got sour cream and stuff on it, mayonnaise, I think, too, a couple slices of pepperoni, a slice of veggie, and then maybe... Wait, this is know. a loaded baked potato or a loaded baked potato pizza? Yes, the second one. And then maybe a spinach nice. alfredo. That'd be first trip. Second trip, I'd go back and get a piece of macaroni and cheese, even though I'd never have liked it. i get one every time I go, just about, even though I've yet to like it. It just seems like it should be good. <clears throat> it's two of my favorite foods. Macaroni and cheese and pizza. It ought to be awesome, but it never is. Then I get a couple of supreme pieces and then maybe a hamburger and pepperoni. And then my third trip, you know, you get the idea. I, oh, now they've got the Hawaiian out. <laughs> so I get three pieces of Hawaiian. And, and so I'm, I'm guessing, not, I'm not really guessing, I'm estimating based upon my average consumption when I would eat unregulated at Stevie B's, 2,500 calories of pizza in one meal. So last night. Did you last count dessert? Yeah, that's including, they have the cinnamon bread stuff that okay. I loved. So, um, yeah, the 25, 2,700 calories. So, um, had a free coupon, so sun went to go. I was like, all right, we're going to go. I looked at this beforehand. Like I've said before, I quit to myself. I educated myself to see how bad it really was for me. Uh, pizza, pieces range from about 135 to 220 calories per slice. So I figured I could eat three slices of something around 140, 150 calories. That's 450 calories and a salad. So I went in there, and that's exactly what I did. Made myself a salad first, big salad with all the fresh veggies and put a little tiny dribbling of oil on it or Italian just to wet it up a little bit. Ate that first, drank a nice uh, big cup of water, and went back and three pieces of pizza. One, two, three. Took my time eating them, and uh, and was done. And I was perfectly satisfied. I did not leave there hungry. I didn't leave there feeling like I missed out. And that meal was about 750 calories. And so I felt like that was a big victory. Now the only reason I was able to really equip myself like that was I took the time to look it up. So what I've done for you, listeners, oh, those that live in the One Meal, One Workout world, is I have created a page at onemealoneworkout.com forward slash nutrition. I believe that'll get you there. Let me try it. I'm going to type it myself, see if it works. One, M-E-A-L, one, W-O-R-K-O-U-T dot com forward slash nutrition. Let's see what it does. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Come on. I just, I'm doing the same thing. Let's see if mine And it's there. I've got a starter set for you of fast food uh, menus. So I've got Arby's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, Dairy Queen, Kentucky Fried Chicken, McDonald's, TVB's Pizza, Subway, Taco Bell, Wendy's, and Zaxby's. So you don't have to go searching to find the calories. You can go to onemillworkout.com forward slash nutrition, and there are the fast food places that are the most popular out there. If you have someone you'd like me to add, I'd be happy to add one or two or three or five. And I'll probably add some some food chains as, you know, I'll probably add... 
Texas Roadhouse because I like Texas Roadhouse and yeah. maybe some others. But um, I'm telling you, knowing is half the battle. Surprise is half the battle. Everything's half the battle. Uh, <clears throat> but it made a big difference just putting that in front of my face before I went there and realizing, sure, I can eat 10 pieces of that. That's 1,500 calories. If I want to do that, I can do that to myself. And I decided I didn't want to. Did not want to do that. Not going to do it. Not going to. Wouldn't be prudent. So, uh, all right. So, we already talked about this is um, the last show of 2012. We did a show last year about goals. <clears throat> we talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks. I have been working hard, training my guns to try to get ready to do my 25 push-ups. There's something grunting when I'm on the, if you're listening to this mp3 later it's because i'm flexing firepower um, i'm going to uh what my goal is january 1st when i get up that morning i'm going to get up warm up a little bit i'm going to get my wife to video it so i have evidence and i'm going to try my best to do 25 push-ups that was my goal 25 good push-ups we'll see how good they turn out to be but i'm going to do my best to do 25 push-ups my other goal was one chin up not gonna happen <laughs> Not going to do it. I haven't gained. I haven't lost the weight I needed to lose. I needed to be down, you know, like 30, 40 pounds from where I'm at right now to be able to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm doing some, some upper body work to help with that, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. Even with the kip up, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. But I'm going to try. You know, if I just hang there, I'm going to try. Aaron, may I suggest an alternative? Yes. Um, go to uh, a weight room of your choice. Uh, do a lat pull down with 200 pounds on it which would be the equivalent of a chin-up had you lost the weight. Right. Well, actually, Mark, at the gym there at work, uh, they have an assisted chin-up where it's an actual chin-up and then you stand on a platform. Yeah, so but that's I'm a saying you could, you could actually set the weight to right. where, you know, and you could maybe feel, you know, you sort of met your goal. Had you lost the weight, you wouldn't have been able to do the chin-up. Well, if I can I can do that with the, with the assisted chin-up the same way, because what I can do is I can say, all right, if I weigh... If I need to weigh 50 pounds less than I weigh right now, I put 50 pounds of weight on the counterbalance. There you go. You know, and then I do the, I try to do the chin up. I might have to get you to video that one for me. We can do that one on the, on January 2nd. We won't have anything to do on January 2nd. No, slow down. Um, but anyway, that's, that's my goal guys. And so I just thought I'd throw out there to you, Don and Mark, have you been thinking about any goals for 2013? Do you have anything? Have you even thought about that? Does 2013 even seem real yet? I mean, I, I know the world's in Friday, but I have a goal. It's to survive the apocalypse. Yes. And I well, haven't considered anything beyond that other than the amount of ammunition to, uh, I'll have. Our cousin's no, house. Going to our cousin's huh? house on Friday for the end of the world party. Um, yeah. End of the world barbecue. We're going to cook out. That'll be fun. Anyway, Not Don, count so, calories at that party, huh? Yeah, those calories don't count because the world's going to end. So it doesn't matter. That's right. Um, That's so right. you guys have no, uh, Mark, you, I mean, uh, Don, you don't, you haven't really given any concrete thought to any goals. You had the goal of, of running once a week last year. How's the foot doing? Is it uh, possible for 2013? Um, I'll have to start running again and let you know. Okay. Yeah, since I got okay. hurt, you know, I never got back into it. I was biking to work for a while and, um, and then, you know, whenever I got hurt, I couldn't do that either. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's It was hard for me to build those habits to begin with, and then getting derailed on them really has started me it's, it's my fault. It's my fault, Don. I broke you weren't foot. the one that started racing you, because that was <laughs> impossible. Uh, all right, Mark, how about you? I don't have any, any hard set goes. It's just, you know, I'm, I want to... 
if I'm being realistically realistic, my goals are to complete the goals I didn't complete this year. You know, that's I, a good goal. I set goals and I failed. And so it would kind of be ridiculous for me to set different goals. So I'm just going to continue on. I'm extending my goal into a two year period instead of one. That's yeah, because like you payments didn't actually, till 1999. <laughs> that's right. You didn't actually fail, Mark, because like you know, your big one was your pant size, right? Well, you just I was, didn't I was make it all the way there. Right. You still made a lot of progress. You just didn't get to finish. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, my goal, I'm still have that goal. I'm hoping my, I'm, I'm, I'm doing like you, Mark, I'm doing an addendum and my addendum is I'm hoping to be able to do the one chin up by the time I run the marathon on St. Patrick's day. That's, that's my goal. Cause I, I'm assuming I'll probably be at my lowest weight ever by the time I've run another three or 400 miles <laughs> between now and then. Not, I won't run three or 400, but you know, with that, with that training schedule and continuing to watch my eating, I've been trying to eat much more much healthier and controlling myself other than the uh, peanut butter pretzel crack that Mark has at his desk. Um, I've been, uh, I've been doing pretty well on my eating and the, the, the pounds are starting to come off now with the increased training schedule. I expect to be down, you know, it's, it's, it's 12, 13, it's two months and 29 days from now till the race. Um, so that's, let's just say three months for all practical purposes, 12 weeks. If I can lose a couple of pounds a week, I expect to be down another 25 to 30 pounds between now and then. That's what, that's what I'm shooting for. And running an average of 20 miles a week, you'll be running more some weeks and less some, but average of 20 miles a week over the next uh, 12 weeks. Um, yeah. yeah that'll, that's, what is that, uh, 180 or so miles? Something yeah, like the, that? Uh, the, uh, let's see here. Yeah, the, the big week, so you guys, if you're, if you're of the praying type, you can put it on your calendar right now for me. Um, the race is on the 17th, the, the week of, of, uh, February 20, double checking. That's not it. The week of February 18th. Yeah. I will run set five miles on Monday on the 18th of Monday, February 18th, Monday, February 18th. I'll run eight miles on Wednesday, five miles on Thursday. So that's 18 miles and I will run 20 miles on Saturday. So that week I'll run 38 miles. <clears throat> Lord willing, the creek don't rise, as they say. Uh, so that's that's the goal. And so everybody, everybody out there in the listening audience, March 17th, put on your calendar. You need to fly to Atlanta, drive to Atlanta, paddle to Atlanta. It would be impossible. So use one of the other two modes of transportation, and be there at that finish line somewhere between five and six hours after it starts. <laughs> <laughs> to cheer me on when I cross the, the the finish line, and the last thing about the marathon before I before I just go on and on about it is, um, I am looking for sponsors. Money for the American Cancer Society is who I'm running for. Uh, you can go to onemealworkout.com right there on the main page. Now there's a page that says sponsor me and talks a little bit about it. Um, I, I would love to raise a hundred dollars a mile for this race, and if you do, if you donate, your name is going to be on the, my shirt, and you will get a shirt as well. Um, that says, you know, what mile you sponsored, and it's going to be really cool. It's a shirt that has yet to be designed, created, or made, but uh, I've got some people out there. I'm going to get to work on that. And uh, so you'll get a T-shirt, you'll support a great cause, and you will encourage me as I run. That would be fantastic. Uh, all I think great that's things. It. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all the rambling I'm going to do tonight. We're going to we're going to call 2012 done. 
So, Aaron, if people wanted to take our hiatus for a couple of weeks and use that time to really stock up on show contact uh, and uh, feedback and suggestions for shows, how might they do that? You know, there's a there's a website out there called elementop.com. It's good for a couple of things. One, last-minute Christmas shopping. Throw a slash Amazon on the end of it. It's the same Amazon experience as you get everywhere else. Help you get a little cookie in your browser, and a small percentage of what you what you spend supports the Element OP network, which is the host network for when will work out. Doesn't cost you any more, but it helps Mark pay the bills. Second thing you can do at elementop.com is there's some forums in there, and, and I'll be honest, my my podcast probably has the least activity in the forums, um, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Don't really care to know why. I just would like it to change, and for that to happen, I need you to go in there. And go in the one mill and workout forums and post a uh, a show topic idea or some words of encouragement maybe for somebody that's that's uh, that's on uh, the on a similar journey to, to fitness that you are. Um, and while you're there, check out some of the other podcasts on the Element Op Element Op Network. <clears throat> of course, you can always if you have a direct question. This is the way I typically get my feedback, which is probably why the forums are not as active. Is people email me at double a r o n a a r o n at one meal one workout dot com. Uh, if anybody out there is a graphic artist and wants to design me a marathon race T-shirt, that'd be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I have some friends that I can reach out to, um, and 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 grab a favor from. But if I've got a listener that would like to do it, that really like to own that, that'd be great. So uh, I think that's it, guys. Um, you know, and just want to say uh, Merry Christmas. Um, if, if you're of the Christian sort, happy Hanukkah. If you're one of our Jewish brothers, um, Hanukkah's already over. Hanukkah's already over. I hope you had a great Hanukkah. It was December 8th through 16th, I think this year. Oh, it just ended. Yeah. I don't even know what day it is half the time. Um, Kwanzaa, I guess is still coming up. Maybe I'm not sure. Festivus is made up holiday, but Hey, if it's good enough for George, it's good enough for some people. Um, but in most of all, just have a happy new year and do something do something nice for yourself, for your health. Invest in yourself, you know, in some way, uh, and be and be healthy, be safe. And uh, we will see you in 2013, unless, of course, you're listening to this podcast in 2013, in which case we'll see you right now. But before, I always have to end every podcast this way because it's not the end of the podcast if I don't say it. Mark, Don said it for me one time before. Mark, can you say it for me one time tonight? Can you end 2013 with you, with your golden pipes, giving that final word of admonition to our listeners? Before starting any diet or exercise program, it's recommended that you consult your health care provider. So oh, close. Yeah. So close. <laughs> That's right, folks. I'll make it look easy because I'm a professional. I've said that phrase 70 times now. Actually, 68. This might be this time. Don did one of the But anyway, no, thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. And Don, thank you very much. It's been a fun year. And um, and uh, I think that's it. Good night.